0: All right. Uh, just uh, a couple of weeks ago, I heard a story from a friend of one of my children. We'll call him Larry. And uh, Larry is um, telling a story of their uh, interaction with their landlord. Um, you know, first uh, college campus, got an apartment, and the heat goes out. Um, Saturday evening, it's 10 degrees outside, and um, so Larry calls the landlord and says, you know, it's cold outside, the heat's gone out, we need some help, and they're like, you know, you're calling me too late on a Saturday night, so I can't do anything tonight, and tomorrow's the Lord's Day, we don't work on the Lord's Day, (laughs) yeah, and I thought, you know, that's a real convenient application of religion right there. Um, because healthy religion develops relationships. Healthy religion develops relationships between us and God and between us and one another. Um, you know, as we gather here, this is a religious gathering. You know, this is a religious event, but it's not attaining its purpose if we're not growing in our relationship with God or one another. Yeah? So it's, it's ill. It's broken. It's broken if we go through this and maybe even have a good time but it doesn't help us to grow in our relationship with God and one another and so my landlord or the landlord for Larry's landlord you know i would say quite clearly that was not the purpose of the lord's day to leave your tenants in 10 degree weather with no heat i would say that is an ill a broken application of religion. And what we find in our passage today is the same thing that in, in Jesus' day that, that some of the practices of religion had become ill. And Jesus, who's God in the flesh, has come to, to he who he brings healing, has come to bring healing even to ill religion. And and, and as God, he's the one and only one that can do that. Um, our passage is in John chapter five, starting with verse one. Um, it's eight sixty six in your pew Bible. You can uh, follow along there, or you can follow along on the screen. Let's uh, let's pray together. Almighty God, uh, as we gather in Your Word, even we we long for Your Spirit to speak to us, um, each each one of us, to. Um, uh, guide us, direct us, lead us to, to what brings life, uh, what brings life um, uh, um, in our relationship with you, in our relationship with others, um, what you and who you're, who you're calling us to be and what you're calling us to do. We don't want this to be empty religion, false religion or uh, uh, ill r- religion. We want this gathering of your word um, to, to fulfill your plans and purposes in our relationship with you, one another, and with those that will cross our paths. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Alright, um, John chapter 5, starting verse 1. After this, there was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, there is a pool called in Hebrew Beth-Zatha, which has five porticos. In these lay many invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who'd been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he'd been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water stirred up. And while I'm making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Stand up, take your mat, and walk. At once the man was made well, and he took up his mat and began to walk. Now that day was a Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been cured, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your mat. But he answered them, the man who made me well said to me, Take up your mat and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take it up and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had disappeared in the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Do not sin anymore so that nothing worse happens to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Therefore, the Jews started persecuting Jesus because he was doing such things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My Father is still working, and I also am working. For this reason, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because he was not only breaking the Sabbath but was also calling God his own Father, thereby making himself equal. To God, This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alright, so the first thing that we see here is, is Jesus is healing religion. As He is making religion well, the first thing I want you to note is um, that He is hanging out in places of great human need. I mean, we open this event with Jesus hanging out at the sheep gate. You know, so this is sort of one of the lesser gates of the wall and this is one of the lesser gates where in in a way a lot of the ill could be there a lot of the the lame and the blind the paralyzed they could all be hanging out there and not get in trouble you know there wouldn't be a bunch of neighbors coming and throwing them out like some of the other more uh, uh, shall we say higher gates and so they could hang So in a way this is jesus jerusalem's version of skid row and jesus is hanging out there on the sabbath that's, that's, and, and you know, throughout, even uh, the stories, if you noticed, as we've looked at the events in Jesus' life, he tends to be hanging out where there is need. Uh, there are other healings, where there's other illness, that's where Jesus is. Relationships are broken, um, uh, that's where Jesus is hanging out, where, where there is brokenness, and we'll, next week we'll see, where there is hunger, Jesus is there, and in each one now, then he's bringing food. Jesus hangs out where there is great human need and therefore Jesus church who is Jesus body is to hang out where there's great human need because that helps cure the ill of an ill religion I, I can I can say that for for me that When I'm in a position surrounded by human need, or even not even surrounded, just one or two instances that is near me, that usually brings me inconvenience, frustration, uh, and even uh, anger because of that need. And a lot of times, that inconvenience and frustration and anger is selfish. You know, it's like this need crossing my path right now is messing up my plan (laughs) for the day. And I don't want to feel this. I don't want to do that. I just want to go my way. Yeah. And that helps cure false religion. Because that's sin and selfishness on my part. And it just reveals that to me. It reveals to me that I am a broken sinner. I am a flawed human being and I need Jesus. I also notice in those times of when I'm surrounded by need, there, there's other times where I realize my own blessing. There's another thing about false religion. False religion will teach us that if we do the right things, then we'll accomplish certain goals and we'll receive blessings. That's, that's false religion. That religion is ill. When I'm surrounded by need and start to hear the stories and recognize, yeah, you know, that could have been me. Yeah, you know, That there was nothing done to, to deserve that this is their situation. That, that helps to, to remind me that the position I'm in is a gift. And therefore, it's now a responsibility, an opportunity, to take those gifts and use them for the glory of God and the needs that are around me. And we see that even in this story. I mean, look, this, this, the, Jesus goes to this place on this day, and this, this dude, he's been there 38 years. He's been ill. And, and, and Jesus encounters him, heals him, and the guy doesn't even know who Jesus is. He has opportunity to give witness. Listen a little bit later. And i like, so who healed you? And I'm like, I don't know. He just told me to do it. I did it and then I left. And, and then he left. I didn't know where he went. Yeah, he, he didn't do anything. It didn't even say he had faith. He couldn't have had faith in Jesus because he didn't even know his name. And yet Jesus healed him. Yeah, wherever there is healing... That is the work of Jesus. That is the work of God, whether He gets the credit or not. Whether He leaves His card or not. Yeah? And that's what, for me, and I think for us, in a situation where we're just surrounded, where we become aware of the needs that are around us, that it cures our false religion, reminds us, one, that we're broken, that we need Jesus, and secondly, that who we are and what we are really has been a gift from God, not something that I've accomplished. And then we also, when there is healing, then there's the wow factor. I mean, when, when folks do receive salvation, when transformation does occur in people's lives, and we see God's powerful work of healing, just like Helen was, was sharing, then we rejoice, we celebrate in Him. We see what God's beautiful work of transformation in us or in others around us, and we simply praise Him. And that, again, helps cure our false, ill religion. Because what, what we see here, this, the, the, the religion of the, of the religious leaders in Jesus' day, it, it, it's doubly bad. I mean, it's not only, I mean, there's God right in front of them, healing a man that's been sick for 38 years. There's not a reason for e- even the the, mo- the, the the most shy and quiet of us to raise our hand and say I'm in. I don't know what is, but these folks they are not only don't see what Jesus is doing, but now they're opposing what Jesus is doing. They're opposing the very work of God. So it's not it's not neutral. That it's just not helping us. It's hurting. It's hindering us. So but. And when we see God work, then we respond in celebration. You know, we, we, we have opportunity this week with the Interfaith Hospitality Network, the privilege that we have of, of hosting families um, in the church building that, for whatever reason, find themselves homeless right now. And we have an opportunity. To, we know Jesus would be walking in their midst. We know Jesus is about human flourishing, so He is about folks finding safe and secure housing, so we are about what He is doing, just like Jesus is walking in the need there, and, and we get the privilege of doing that. And and it's a wonderful thing when we hear stories, even maybe by the by next Sunday, but even weeks after, where we hear of families who God has provided work and provided housing, and they're back in a stable environment, and and we, we get to hear the celebration, you know, it was a couple of weeks ago uh, that... Dave and Cindy Boots, you know, who helped to really coordinate that ministry, they were—you may have seen that—they were awarded, you know, Volunteer of the Year for the entire Cincinnati area for Interfaith Hospitality Network. And so, we get to celebrate that, you know, with uh, with them as well, seeing what God is doing. But, but it's not just that Jesus hangs out in those places, that he puts himself intentionally in those places in order to heal um, false religion. But he also, then, when he's in those, just like with um, uh, IHN and other ministries, he then pursues the, the, the healing, the needs, so that humans will reach their full capacity. That humans will reach the abundant life that Jesus said He came to bring. That they, they will live into the fullness that they were created. And, and we, we see this now with Jesus in the interaction with the, uh, with the man that He healed. That it, there's a, a holistic healing here. There's, it, it's, it's mind, body, and the soul. And it's also participation. It's a partnership here. You know, ca- catch this. Just look at the interaction here. First, you know, that Jesus comes in and he sees the man. And he le- you just want sort to of get this picture that he leans down because the guy's on the ground and asks him, excuse me, do you want to be healed? I, I got to think, if I'm Jesus, I'm just going in poof. You know, you're healed. I'm not stopping to ask any questions. It seems like a no-brainer. But you know, like Helen was sharing earlier, it's not a no-brainer. As we'll see, healing can bring trouble. Sometimes it can be comfortable staying in the place where you've been 38 years. But anyway, first, we'll we'll get there. But Jesus, so he first says, you know, do you want to be healed? You've got to be a part of this. You know, here's the the creator of the universe who's saying, do you want to be asking him the question? It's really fascinating. That's a whole other study, just to see the times that Jesus, that... Uh, that uh, that God asks us questions. That's a whole other series. Um, but <clears throat> so He engages him in this process, and and then after He says, "Now you're healed," then He gives him a command. Now it's your job. You got to pick up your mat. Now you got to walk. You know, you you've got to go. Jesus doesn't reach down and pick up the mat for him. He, no, you you've got to do it. So there there is a partnership here. There is, and there comes time when when we are, are in that position, and that God is is healing us. It means there's times we got to take a step with him. You know that maybe it means you know if we're we're wanting to get to get married, it's not we we've got to go look. And the question is, are we being the person that's going to be the spouse we want for the other? You know that's the focus, and if we're looking for a job. Well, that means, well, maybe we need to go back to school, Maybe we need to go to. to we got to start putting our resume out. We, we, we've got to participate in this process. If relationships are broken, then it means counseling needs to be pursued. And if we're we're facing the addictions we're facing, it means we, we got to work the plan. We got to join on the team. We we take those those steps. We got to pick up the mat and walk. That's how Jesus. Is, is pursuing holistic healing that, that involves body, mind, and soul. And you see then at the end that Jesus, so that, you know, the guy goes back to, I don't know who healed me. Well, Jesus then runs into him in the temple and, and says, um, introduces himself to him and he finds out his name, but he says, now go and sin no more. Body, mind, and soul. He's about the whole of human. Flourishing, the the whole of, of of human capacity that he's created us to, and even if that whole healing causes a stir, even if it really gets us into trouble, because like I said earlier, sometimes it's easier to to stay sick. I mean, this guy, he could have think about it. Uh, he could have stayed on the ground just for another day. Hey, Jesus, let me just stay on the ground for another day and I'll get up and carry my mat tomorrow. No, that would have avoided all of this. But he didn't. And, and, you know, been in situations where folks who are particularly like facing addiction. As they're facing addictions, You know, and it's, it, it's a, team, that's a team game. And, and it's a beautiful thing to walk with with folks who are recovering and have been doing it for decades in the way that God provides the structure and the power within them and outside of them to to reach that and to have that victory and that healing and it's beautiful. I've always also walked with folks who are pursuing that have the team around them and they're taking some steps, but you know, it's scary to be well. If their lives have been characterized by addiction for years. You know, that that For them to, to step out and have to take responsibility, to live into a new place of freedom, that can be really scary. You, you see that with folks. Um, sometimes they, they've grown accustomed to being in jail or in prison. And to get out of jail or prison is really hard because now... They have to take some of that responsibility and develop new support networks and and have to trust God to provide. It can be scary and hard and cause trouble when we pursue healing. That's part of Jesus, again, leading us to trust in Him. Anything that leads us to trust in Him is a good purpose. (laughs) You can see it also corporately in larger settings, for, for example, you know with interfaith hospitality network and you you get to know some of the families that are there and you hear some of their stories and you find out some of the ways that, that the, the, the workplace their 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 businesses that they where they work treated them wrong, or that some of the 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 things in healthcare didn 't serve them well um, uh, You find out somehow some of the government regulations actually hurt them instead of helped them and, and, and that leads you to then start to pursue justice. You, know, you see, well, what's going to, as we continue to work with Pleasant Hill School, you know, a school just down the street where they're, they're almost 90 to 95% of the students at the school are free and reduced lunch. Well, That's just a recipe for disaster. That is not a place for flourishing education. That, that, that's not a recipe for that to happen. And so as we continue to learn and grow with them, we're going to be asking the question, well, how do we get here? What what system is in place that is creating this? And when we start to ask those kind of questions and start to push in to say, "Well, how do we bring healing to this?" That's going to start messing with a whole lot more people. Yeah, and that's going to start messing with po- political issues and that kind and that. But Jesus is healing that as well. But that's going to cause more trouble as well as as healing. So Jesus heals religion by putting himself in the midst and calling us to put ourselves in the midst of, of human need then to pursue holistic healing, partnering, not doing anything for another but walking with in the power of God. And in that doing then, and, and he will then is working to heal religion by correcting our false religion. I mean, all all of this is intentional on Jesus' part. I mean, He could have healed the guy the day before. Or He could have just waited a day. I mean, He's been sick 38 years. What's another day? But He purposefully healed him on the Sabbath because He comes to reveal and heal false religion. He, he comes to, to lead us into the ways, the fullness of truth, into the, the ways that religion is good and true, helps us engage with God and, and to pursue the healing of our world. And, you know, James basically says that in chapter 1. So I don't know, Sam, when she talked about James and John, maybe you meant that in the beginning. But that was it, yes. It was foreshadowing what is to come. But James in chapter 1, the very end of of the chapter of his uh, um, uh, book, says "If, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. Visit the orphans and widows in their affliction and keep oneself unstained from the world. See, in, in his hanging out where there's need and pursuing what is healing and having the, res, the, the response of the religious leaders of the day reveals how broken their religion is. Because they, they, they were doing the religious stuff right. You know I mean, they were keeping the Sabbath, right? And they were holding one another accountable to it. I mean, that's why they got angry. They, they, it, we're told later on in the, the, the passage they, they, they studied the Bible verse 39 of the same chapter you search, this is Jesus talking to him? you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is they that testify on my behalf, yet you refuse to come to me to have life you know, so, I mean, again, you see the, the even Bible studies to point us to Jesus to find life in him, not in a book but in a living savior but the book is to be used for that purpose and then they also had good relationships with one another. Verse 44. How can you believe when you accept glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the one who alone is God? Yeah, sobering. A sobering word from Jesus to the religious leaders of the day. You know, that we, 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 We've got to keep the main thing the main thing. Because everything else has to point to Jesus or it's an idol. We worship it instead of worshiping Jesus. We, we can use religion to get out of a late night Saturday call. We can, to, to fix the heat. We can use religion to, to satisfy our own pain. To sort of keep us at distance. From the pain of the world. And that's the very opposite that Jesus showed us, that the scripture teaches, and the very opposite of the heart of God. So these folks were fulfilling their religious obligations, but they were missing God, who was right in front of them. So it's wonderful, is this this process that Jesus has given what Jesus has given us here to continue to intentionally put ourselves in the, the, the face of the, the need that He's calling us to, to pursue that holistic healing, and to see Jesus in that journey. Because He's there. He's already there. He's already ahead of us. He's, he's doing He is there. And good religion has our eyes and ears open to see Him in the midst of those intentional places that we go to engage in the need of the world. And because it's when we, it's, it's a wonderful cycle. It's a wonderful feedback loop. Because it just as I shared at the beginning, as we're in those places, we see Jesus, then He shows us our own need, and we fall on our own faces before Him and cry out how much we need Him. And, and it's a, it's not just salvation of the world, but it's the salvation of the church that He calls us to this. Because we are always going to be, our, my natural tendency is to, just to protect myself. To build up all the walls, to use all the good things I can to keep myself secluded from the pain of the world, not to enter into it. But what, what the, the wonderful thing that Jesus is showing us here is that you know, when we, we do that, it becomes a wonderful cycle of encountering Him there, of challenging us, tearing down our walls, and seeing what He is doing and bringing healing to all that. Are involved to the religious leader and to the man that's been sick for 38 years. So my question, or um, a couple questions for us: One is, you know, how are you intentionally putting yourself in uh, uh, places of need, of, of human need that's around you, and are you looking for Jesus there? And how are you encountering him there? He's there. Yeah, be prayerful. Um, be aware. Be, be looking. But it's a good word from Jesus. All right, wait a minute. Am I engaging the need of the earth? Am I asking Jesus, all right, where, where's your heart breaking and where are you calling me to be a part of? Now, don't, don't, go, be, don't go messianic complex. You, you, you can't solve all the needs of the world. You know, but he, he's going to call you to some. What are they? You know, are you being called to those or are you running from them? Yeah, because be called to them is what cures us. Are, are, and are the, the religious practices in your life, are, are they just to sort of keep you comfortable and, and, and peaceful or are they engaging you with the living God? Where, where might your religion, our religion, be ill and in need of healing? And where might it it be well? Where might your religious practice be well and you are engaging with Jesus and you're seeing what He's doing and it is bringing life to to you and opening your heart even greater to receive from Jesus and that that cycle is just exploding. Where is that happening? And where it is, see it, celebrate it, share it, invite others to come with you to, to see it also. Jesus as only God can comes not only to heal our ailments but to heal our religion so that we might encounter him with others and experience the fullness of life what a wonderful God who continues to pursue us and continues to pursue the world amen